when you open yourself up to everything that you truly desire, the desire that's within you will magnetize all that you require in the seen and the unseen world. Welcome to the Free to Be Show. My name is Cordelia Gaffar. I'm the CEO of Workout Around My Day and the Ultimate Joy Goddess. I guide highly intelligent women to be aligned in their four minds and become multi-orgasmic through 90-day embodiment experiences and intensive embodiment experiences as well as one-on-one -on -one intensive experiences. Allow yourself to be free. Welcome to the Free to Be Show. I am doing a live Free to Be Show for the first time in probably a month or so. And um, today we're gonna talk about a topic that's pretty, that's very close to my heart and extremely related to my new platform which is women's health and sexual, sexual health and autonomy. And so today I am really excited to have Daryl Ray Ware II, who is a former um, candidate for the mayor of Shreveport, Louisiana. And the um, he's, he's known as the, he's the founder of Think Sheaf, which is a 17, it's valued at about $17.5 billion. It's a global health conglomerate that utilizes collectivist ideas to further the performance of capitalism in the name of reaching society's highest aspirations. And um, Think Sheaf Publishing provides stories of truth, faith, and love for women of color in the United States. And Think Chief Hotels is dedicated to ending homelessness in the United States. And so with no further ado, I'm just going to bring Daryl live with us so he can tell us a little bit more about um, who he is and what he wants to create in the world. Welcome to the Free to Be Show, Daryl. Thank you. So uh, my name is Daryl Rayweather II. Uh, and I'm here representing my organization, Think Chief, which is a $17.5 billion global health conglomerate, uh, as you there so mentioned. And I'm here to speak about uh, public health and ways that women's health is very important, uh, even from the age of early adolescence into understanding planned parenthood, planned parenting, and planned family. Uh, we can move forward as an organization and as a country. Uh, the more that we focus on women's health uh, and prevention, of falling off into a culture where women are unfairly represented, uh, but also need to have the world is uh, taken care of. So how did you even get interested in, in doing that? I know that you have a background in public health, but yeah. why this specific focus? So uh, with Think Chief Publishing, uh, which provides stories of truth, faith, and love for women of color in the United States, um, I basically looked at the representation of how women were represented in mass media, uh, especially, I guess, in the cultures that I find entertaining. Um, I saw the representation of women, and I said there needs to be something done about this, uh, because culturally, and when it comes to the legacy of Black people in the United States, uh, how do we actually want to be seen? And we need more representation 
uh, that have positive messages and positive influences uh, of women of color in the United States. And we don't see that. And so that is why I think the publishing is worth $8.8 billion. That, that's very noble. And, and I appreciate that. I, I think it's really interesting that um, you want to use the media of print publishing to focus on changing the stories um, of women and co women of color. And it's interesting also to me personally, because I didn't, we didn't talk about this um, previous to coming on, but I've written a book of poetry and you know, I've had struggles finding a publisher because they said I didn't have enough poems and I, and there are 35 poems in that book. Um, and I understand, I, I see that your book only had 28. So let's talk about that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So when it comes to, and if you don't mind, I'm just going to walk a little bit just because it's just a lot of work I've been doing. And I forgot how much work I've actually done with Think Chief Publishing. Mm -hmm. But uh, this is why uh, women of color in the United States uh, deserve to be properly represented. And not so much to where I'm a savior or I'm the person that um, is here to save all women, especially black women, when that's not necessarily the thing that they need a man to do. They really just need support and people to affirm what they're already doing which is what I'm trying to do, which is why I'm collaborating with as many women as possible, uh, because I would not want to be the person who speaks for women, although I will be fighting on behalf of women. Uh, Think Chief Publishing will provide the media in regards to film, movies, and poetry. 28 A Book of Poems has 15 to 16 individual poems that you must read on 28 A Book of Poems. It is the greatest book of literature you will ever read about America and women. Uh, and so I would just tell everyone to go to thinkchief.com you go to Amazon.com, purchase a copy of 28 Book of Poems, because that is the greatest book about American women you will ever find in your life. In my yeah. humble opinion. In your humble opinion. <laughs> yeah, in my humble opinion. Thank you for that. And thank you mm -hmm. for, um, for publishing that as well. Good evening, Bobby. Bobby is um, one of my regular viewers of the Free to Be show. So let's talk a little bit about, as it pertains to... Uh, women's sexual health. What is it that you want to help, first of all, the teens with, you know, mm -hmm. as far as understanding and have, you know, what have you set up with Planned Parenthood or do you have something separate from that? Sure. So speaking about teen sex and teen health, right, that is a very serious issue. Uh, and it is a situation where many parents are uncomfortable with actually talking about uh, sexual health, reproductive health, Planned Parenthood, family planning, uh, and education in regards to uh, uh, preventing, preventing infectious disease. I have a uh, master's of public health in infectious disease from uh, a master's of public health uh, with a concentration in infectious disease epidemiology from Cornell University. And so I've been speaking and teaching these things since I was actually an undergraduate. Uh, I was actually invited into the women's dorms and the women's halls at Louisiana Tech University. Uh, which is a bit uh, atypical for a young black male to be in a dormitory at <laughs> a predominantly white institution talking to white, uh, young white women about their sexual health and reproductive uh, organs. But the level of severity that is required and the level of detail and attention and patience uh, that is required when speaking about these things as a male um, is appropriate uh, in a time where women have been abused uh, in Hollywood, um, in New York, thank God we'd have people that speak, that spoke out uh, in regards to the, uh, the Me Too movement. Uh, being someone who is working in film and seeing the dynamics of how it is to be a film producer 
or a movie maker, I can honestly see how somebody like Harvey Weinstein can get away with that stuff forever. And I'm glad that he was brought to justice. And there are many more people out there who are still doing it, uh, but they just haven't been brought to the light yet. And so New York State passed a law most recently uh, that allows victims at least a year uh, to file claims against these predators because they do exist. Uh, and so I'm happy that uh, that's happening. But in regards to women's health, we, have to, we also have to educate our men so that we don't have predators out there um, who go against what it is that uh, women are trying to do, which is basically live healthy, long lives as women of color in the United States of America. You bring a really good point up there. It, it's not one-sided, right? Women's health, uh, sexual health has to do with their relationship to their own bodies and their relationship with men. So we have to... Um, well, how do I want to say this? We have to stop normalizing the toxicity that allows men to, to do whatever they want, right? But then shames women for the same behavior. There's that right. piece. Mm -hmm. And um, what do you have any more thoughts on that? Yes. Uh, when it comes to women in the United States, uh, I'm not saying this as a person just because I love America or just because I love women. I'm saying this because this is an actual need that has been presented in many facets. And in many cases, uh, men do not listen to women. Uh, and there are many problems that are pervasive because women don't listen. No, men don't listen to women. Uh, and women who should be advocating on behalf of other women um, have chosen to support the advances of white supremacy. And so that's why many women are still failing to get the rights that they deserve because they're just up against a lot. And when women are up against a lot and there's no support, there's no funding, women can't start their own businesses. Uh, women can't get abortions when they want. Uh, and women also cannot fund their own companies and they also don't have anyone going to bat for them. So um, I'm here to help. But again, this is not a battle that is easily won when we have a activist Supreme Court that is banning everybody from taking care of their own bodies and getting access to the things that they need. And so, uh, yeah, that's why I work in public health. And, and thank you for that. And that, that's, a, that's a really good point. You know, when um, that's why I put the word autonomy in the title, because like to reverse Roe versus Wade and not allow women to decide whether or not, you know, they want, they can have an abortion or even have access to paying for that is unfair. But even before that, I would say um, making sure that women understand their bodies better um, so that they make, you know, really good choices. I, I, I want to change the way we, we teach sexual health in schools, you know? Yeah, and, and so and, and there's a challenge, right? Um, how can we advance women's health um, as an education system uh, or in school, right? In college, in high school. How, how can we advance that uh, if women are not leading the cause? How can we advance that if women are not writing a curriculum, how can we advance that if the, ta the, the topic of sex itself is too taboo uh, for parents, uh, for adults, and for teenagers to have to prevent these unplanned pregnancies and to prevent uh, these uncurable STDs that we have, you know, different types of, um, different type of public health interventions for, a lot of these things can be prevented, right? Like 
there are there's certain types of basic information and knowledge of biology that women simply don't have, right? Um, does a young woman understand the value of of maintaining a pH level uh, that is balanced, uh, and so that her diet is is not as I guess as saltine based, or is she more aware of the fact that um, certain types of 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 yoga, of certain types of jogging, of, of certain types of weightlifting is actually best uh, to prepare her for a healthy childbirth? Uh, as an African American woman, has she done the 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 research to understand how she she can provide uh, a healthy body and a stable homeostasis for her womb uh, so that her baby may grow into a healthy adult uh, with no pre-pregnancy uh, terminations or any pre-pregnancy uh, complications as a result of her not uh, being uh, properly educated by people in public health. And so when you, when, you when you think about things like your pH balance, you think about things like um, your mood changes, when you think about hot flash, when you think about women's sex in general, that is a taboo topic and men don't nearly don't have to discuss it as much because our bodies aren't the same as women. And so by the time a woman reaches around 50 or 55 and she's having these hot flashes, it is a taboo subject. Um, it is actually uh, a form of discrimination that women have faced in marriages across the country uh, because they have to uh, grow into women, right, of wisdom who continue to add success to society, uh, but they can no longer... Uh, I guess, advocate for themselves as the way that young women have done in the past. Well, you know, I would say a lot of that is preventable, you know, also because menopause doesn't have to be hot flashes and all the things that we've been taught also. Correct. You know, if, if, you, if we take it back to the, let's change the curriculum around sexual health in schools, right? And, and actually they start teaching it in middle school and it's all about what not to do. It doesn't tell you how to eat, right? So... Uh, part of what I do as the ultimate joy goddess is I help women to understand their bodies, right? And what to eat in order to make their bodies ready for, um, you know, to, to have a baby if they want to. Um, because, and I, and I did the research, right? Because mm -hmm. I had miscarriages in between my first two kids. So I, but I never had another miscarriage and I went on to have four more, you know? So mm -hmm. I have, uh, um, I have the, the knowledge, and I even have a curriculum, I would say, you know, that I could put into schools. So, and, and I have to a little bit disagree with what you're saying. Men's bodies are different, but all sexual organs are sacred, right? And I think that's the, the number one missed thing, aside from understanding nutrition, uh, that is that is very important part of teaching sexual health, right? Is understanding like the sacred part of of sexuality. I agree. Uh, there is a level um, of having. Uh, there is a level of having, I guess, a place for your body as a temple, uh, and seeing historically that people have to see their bodies as a place of love and a place of, of, of sacredness. And that sacredness has to be bonded uh, with themselves. And so once you bond yourself with a temple of safety and security, which is your own body uh, from head to toe, and you worship it that way yourself and then allow someone else to join in and worship you like that in a healthy manner, uh, then we can move together as a productive society where everyone has this sacred, this sacred bondage uh, that will allow them to have a, a healthy lifestyle that they can enjoy when they're not at work.
And you know what, that's, that could change so many things, especially if we do it in the way that we're discussing, right? A lot of times the shame around sex comes from uh, what we're taught in our places of worship, right? Um, and if we would just welcome it as a, just like, you know, it's okay to breathe, it's okay to exercise, you, sex is a requirement for total wellness, you know, and, and as a bonus, if you want to have more, if you want to have children, you know, it can be used for that as well. But we're taught that sex is only for having children, right? And, and this is why you're not supposed to, to do it. And, and, and that's the thing, when it comes to childbearing and preparing to have children, however many it is that you would like to have, um, having that healthy sexual relationship um, as a mother and father, and then properly and appropriately educating your uh, children as they become of age to where they are developing and maturing and going through uh, a certain type of progression within their body to where they are now thinking and wanting to behave like adults. As a unit with a mother and a father, they can be taught how to properly transition into adulthood to where they can make these safe decisions in an environment to where they can come out successful as a result of my, not making a, 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 a consequence that they couldn't come back from. Yes. Yeah. So how do, how do we start changing this, <laughs> the curriculum in schools? <laughs> well, luckily, I, I learned much of my knowledge about sexual health uh, and, and sexual positivity uh, in undergraduate because I studied kinesiology. Uh, and, and I had to literally teach my class all types of stuff, like even from how to properly put on a condom and things like that and uh, plastic and all, all type of stuff. But we had wow. to learn how to prevent, uh, you know, transmission of infectious disease. So I've never had that issue. Uh, but as a unit and as a country, uh, we have to make sure that that same type of academic knowledge that I'm receiving uh, in undergraduate and grad school uh, everyone needs to be able to get that all across this country. Uh, so we have to make sure that women are writing these curriculums and giving everyone the best advice that they've ever had on earth. Okay, so it sounds like you would like to hire uh, more, what is, what is that uh, position called? Because I know there's like standards of learning on boards of education. Well, there, so are, there are plenty of positions, uh, but much of the education and sex positivity that we received in the United States actually comes from India. You'll have to do your own research on that. Uh, but if you want to talk about uh, who has actually contributed to the literature, I would say um, the country of India, many Southeastern cultures. And then if you come over to America, much of the literature has been written by white men historically. And so that's why you can see the downside uh, and the unintended consequences of surgeries that women have had to go through and even seeing uh, the, the risk of, of parenting and, 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 and child labor, because a lot of these things were written uh, by white men of European descent. And so many women of color have not been able to write the curriculum for their own bodies. And so we need to get more women of color uh, and women who represent uh, sex positivity, uh, sexual reproductive health, uh, and a sex positive life for women, because uh, that level of libido doesn't drop immediately uh, once you cross that 30-year-old threshold. Women still want to have sex after they're 30. So I don't know where the stigma and the taboo is after that. Yeah, actually, you know, studies show that, 
Yeah, I don't get it either because studies show that the, a woman's libido actually starts in the 30s and just increases. It's, right, right. It's the opposite for men, <laughs> you know? So um, you would think that, you know, just from that perspective, that women would be more encouraged to, to be part of changing the education. And, uh, but there's a, but this is the thing with education in schools is it's state by state that chooses the standards of learning. And so I'm bringing this up because you may not know this, but I homeschooled my kids, right? So I have to follow the standards of learning for, and I've done it in two different states. And literally for, for each state, it's, it's really different. So how do we make it, uh, well, you, you were gonna say something, go ahead. When it comes to state education, uh, as an African-American woman, do you really trust Louisiana with your body? No. Uh, that's not something I would ever do if I were ever a woman. Uh, no. Let alone being a descendant of enslaved African-American people. You should never trust a white male doctor in Louisiana to educate you on your body uh, when you've had it since you were a baby. Uh, so those are the type of things that I'm talking about. Education throughout the United States has been well written and documented by men of European descent, as opposed to women of color uh, and women uh, who are not of color. But here's the thing. There is a level of discrimination in healthcare that we've all seen, but many people don't want to speak about it. And so there are many women uh, who are suffering as a result of many other people not willing to speak out about why women are literally losing their babies uh, in their emergency room when that's supposed to be the happiest day and the greatest joy of their life. Uh, so who's teaching our doctors and physicians how to do child labor and who's teaching them that black women should be suffering more than everyone else in the hospitals when they're giving birth to our children? I don't understand that. I don't like that. That's, what are we going to do? What are we? Yes. What are we going to do? I don't know what everybody else is going to do, but I know what I'm going to do. What are you going to do? You're going to change uh, the laws. You're going to change the world. You're going to change it. Start with Louisiana. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I'm, I'm going to uh, continue to run Think Cheap, which is $17.5 billion conglomerate. Uh, and as a result of being a public health professional, uh, women are uh, my number one priority because that's how I became a billionaire in the first place. And then in addition to that, uh, in regards to women's rights, I will be traveling across this country and supporting women's rights uh, because abortion is uh, a woman's right. Abortion is health care. And a lot of these women need health care all across the country. I'm here to give it to them. Thank you for that. Thank you for being here, Ebony. And Ebony says this is good. So she she likes your ideas. So why be selfish with it, Daryl, and just stick with the state of Louisiana? Why can't you like be in the Senate or, you know, do something? I, just tell me that. Well, I can't be in Congress, right? I, I can't be in Congress, but I can travel to Texas. I'm currently in Houston, Texas. I've already been to Fort Worth in Dallas, um, St. Louis. I've been, I've been across this country already, but now I'm ready to travel across this country and make sure that we all get women's rights because women's rights are human rights. And that's why I'm a human rights billionaire. That's why you should visit thinkteam.com. Um, I'll be traveling back to the East Coast and the West Coast to make sure I support women just like you. Thank you. We greatly appreciate it. So what is the purpose? This is the purpose of your tour, right? Yeah, yeah. 28 A Book of Poems is a tour about America and the women who make it the great country that it is. 
But in addition to that, the conversations as a result of just the poem, The Liberal Woman, opens up the landscape to how we can talk about women and where we need to go as a country, as well as where we came from. Because again, I'm not some women's rights leader who just learned all this knowledge all of a sudden and is bringing it new to the light. No, there are people like Gloria Steinheim and, and every, everyone else. There's so many people who have already brought this literature to the light, but I understand because this world is so sexist that they need a man to speak up sometimes in addition to the platform that they've already built. And I'm just here to walk alongside them and support them as a partner. Yeah, we need, we need more male allies like you for sure. And yeah. I would say like Audre Lorde began, you know, if we want to talk about poetry, she was, you know, the radical uh, back in the day. And then we had Shirley Chisholm who was, you know, running for president and those things. And so, but where, where I are love, our- I love, I love Shirley Chisholm. I learned mm -hmm. a lot about Shirley Chisholm when I was at Cornell University. That's where I learned about Shirley Chisholm, Cornell University. Oh, really? So you didn't know about her as you were growing up? Wow. Never knew anything about Shirley Chisholm until I went to Cornell University. Wow. Um, so thank you to wherever I learned that from. <laughs> so um, do you have any final thoughts that you would like to share uh, today besides the call to action to go to thinkchief.com? I would just say go to thinkchief.com. Do best by everybody. Take care of your body as a woman. Perform with poise. Make sure you take care of your sexual health. Uh, libido is a natural occurring thing. It's nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, and make sure that you, again, make sure your pH balance is balanced. Make sure your pH is balanced. Drink lots of water. Drink lots of, lots of fluids. Do 30 minutes of cardio a day. Uh, keep your body right. Keep it tight. Uh, go to yoga. Uh, and there are many other options that you can do. Uh, but just make sure you're healthy uh, in the mind and the spirit and the body. Uh, you should be able to take, your, take care of yourself as a, woman of color, as a woman of color in the United States. Absolutely. And if you need support with that, I, I do help women <laughs> with their embodiment and, and taking good care of their bodies as well. So I like your you. curriculum. I like your curriculum. I saw it. I think it, I think it fits. I think it fits. What, what did you, what did you see? I, I saw, um, basically I saw your platform and how you, how you add value uh, to the people who are experiencing these type of, uh, I guess, sexual inadequacies, inadequacies or uh, assumed inadequacies. Uh, and so seeing your template and how you devise that as a speaker, um, I think that that is a proper way to move forward with your curriculum uh, to help women of color everywhere, in my opinion. Thank you for that. Yeah. You know, so that you understand what I'm saying when I say I help women to be multi-orgasmic. And it, mm -hmm. it's, it's not uh, so much about the orgasms as it is about the alignment within the different brains of the body, right? It's more, it's more than physical. Uh, God, I, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm from the South and, I, and I, I am a Southern gentleman and I'm from the South. And so speaking about women having multiple orgasms, this makes me feel a bit uncomfortable. Mm, but, thank you for but, <laughs> admitting that. <laughs> but... Um, there is, there's not this one overflashing orgasm that women have. We, women don't have the same body as men. And so women can have multiple orgasms that, uh, frankly, uh, that, can, that can basically vary in terms of magnitude uh, and how it affects uh, their body in, in addition to their mind. And so uh, women have to be comprehensively 
uh, prepared and taken care of in regards to their sexual health. Uh, and so I hope that your curriculum um, can assist them with that. Uh, if not, they can get an education. Yeah, it definitely requires safety and security. Correct. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Daryl, for being here today and sharing your thoughts on women's sexual health and autonomy. And um, we look forward to your next election in 2028. Thank you. For mayor of Shreveport. I'm not running for mayor. I'm running for president in 2028. Oh, I wasn't clear on that. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Well, you heard it here on the Free to Be Show. Daryl Ray Ware II will be running for president in 2028. Yes. See you soon. All right. Thank you. And for those of you who are listening, until next week, be free. Be free. Do best by everybody. Thank you for listening to the Free to Be Show. And now, allow yourself to go into the oceans of your mind and go within and offer yourself the opportunity to be a sacred experience. A sacred experience is just simply allowing yourself to start fantasizing. What would it feel like to truly be free to be in the way that you were created, in the way that you show up in everything you do and every way you be. Fantasize how you can truly be free. And connect with me at cordeliagafar.com.